Welcome to Settlers of Catan Even, where we talk about conspiracy theories, current events, and whatever else pops into our minds, all while playing one of our favorite games, Catan. I'm Katie, and I will be the moderator for this week. Today, our players are Megan, Ben, and CJ. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hey. What board are we playing? We're going to play Heading for New Shores, and we need 14 victory points, and the turn timer is turned off. Is it only the three of you playing, or are you having a computer play? I'm not going to add a computer. I hope that's okay with everyone. I don't want anybody to replace Jasmine. (laughs) Perfect. That's fair. All right. So today we're playing the Heading for New Shores board. Same rules as last episode. However, if you forgot or are new, you can check down in the show notes for a brief explanation. And remember, you can also now find a link to a YouTube video that goes into more detail about the rules in the show notes. Is this when you get additional victory points for landing on a new island? Yes. When you get to a new island, you get special victory points. So you get an extra two victory points and it has the special gold mines. I'm sure Jasmine is with us in spirit. In case you were wondering, Jasmine is not dead. Just wanted to throw that out there. That we is good. That I said in dead. spirit. I didn't want people to get the wrong impression. Oh. oh. <laughs> she just doesn't feel good. She's taking a sick day. My coaster stuck to my Starbucks and then fell. Ooh, what did you get from Starbucks? Uh, it's an iced pumpkin spice latte. Ooh. I had one of those last Ooh. night. There is no whip on here, so. I mean, that's the only way to get Not iced that that matters, latte but type When things. I do the iced ones, I can't do the whip. But I do Same. like the whipped cream on the hot pumpkin spice latte. Same. But is there a nay-nay? There is always a nay Oh, my God. Ben, what are you drinking? Do you have Do you have anything delicious or do you just have the sweet... Nectar of air. I have I water. That's okay. That's okay. I normally drink water on these things. Yeah. Well, I probably should have water because I'm kind of parched, but alas, I don't have water. I have my you coffee. Have, I mean, you have your true. coffee, which is still liquid. It is, it's but hot it's hot bean water. But <laughs> mine's not hot. I'm drinking my iced salted caramel mocha with no whipped cream and this is the only mocha that i like because it's salty and caramely and it brings me back to days in college when i was a history si and i would get one of these before going to my si class and there were three of us because it was one of those huge lecture classes of like 350 people and so we would all sit at the little table in the middle and i would always drink my coffee and they were always like why do you always have coffee and i'm like because why not I think Megan has something that she would like to say. Oh, yeah. There's a couple things. Number one, I'm drinking a pumpkin spice latte with an extra shot, and it was really good because no one asked me that. Oh, my God. So Katie you went around an all extra of y'all, shot? both of y'all, and asked. I was about to ask okay, you. An extra shot is the only way to drink a pumpkin spice latte. I that is the correct way. I've never gotten an extra shot in mine. I don't think yeah. so I have anyway. I mean, I might good. have. I don't know. Anyway. I asked for an extra shot. Now, if there is actually an extra shot, I don't know, but it tastes good. It tastes fine. I was scared it was going to like outweigh like the pumpkin spiciness. I mean, sometimes it can. It did not. Do when you do the PSL, do you get the blonde espresso still? No, I haven't tried that. I, I haven't think, either. Well, That's why I was curious. I guess not this year because there's no work travel. But the next time I travel for work and they pay for it, I will try gotcha. it because I don't want to spend my own money on something I won't like. You know, I have a free drink, and so maybe I will have to experiment and get that tomorrow and then report back. That's what I did the, 
extra shot because we had the free drink and i was like i will utilize that extra shot and if i don't like it then i didn't pay yeah, real money basically anytime i get mm-hmm. a free reward drink i get an extra shot and like all the things. there's no other way to really have a free yeah. drink you have to only use your stars for a free drink if you do get the extra shot otherwise you're just wasting it so i don't know why mm-hmm. you would do that can you imagine if somebody was like i'm gonna get a tall iced coffee Here's my stars. <laughs> like for their like $2 drink. And they're like, oh, I got this for free. Okay. So before we get into our topic today, um, I was going to say that I have a really fun story to tell, but I'm not going to tell it until the after show. Can't stop, won't stop. And it's really a fantastic story. And next week, if I can figure out how to do it, I'll even provide a picture as evidence that this happened. With that being said, Megan. The second thing that I wanted to talk about was I wanted to give a shout out to all our patrons. We have Cynthia, Kiara, and now we have Brianna as well. Yay! Yay. Yay! Thank you guys Thank you. for all your support. We really appreciate it. I love it. you. I love you all. As we all Honestly, do. Honestly, they're all the babes. <laughs> Not wrong. If you want to hear that awesome story that Katie's going to talk about in the after show, become a patron, at least a settler tier, and you can hear it. And I'll talk about more of like why you want to be a patron later this show. Cool. So before we start, what are the um, point standings right now? Oh, good God. <laughs> I think just... the game might, I might have been kicked out. Oh, CJ just That's hadn't gotten my fault. No, CJ I was gone. really invested in the coffee talk and okay. I didn't realize it was my turn. <laughs> I am what? sorry. It's okay. Invested in the coffee talk. The coffee talk. Now let me hear a coffee talk. Cher, what are you doing here? What so what is about? our topic tonight? Sorry, I just cut oh, off yeah. Ben and he just asked the exact same. No, it's fine. I was talking over you earlier, apparently, and didn't mean to. So I deserve it. It's good. I didn't try that hard. I was being sassy for no reason. It apparently has been a sassy day. So we decided last week that we wanted to learn about the Mona Lisa today. Mona um, Lisa. And some of the different like theories behind the Mona Lisa. So at first, I really was skeptical. I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this. But then I started reading and I was like, this is interesting. There's some interesting stuff here and some things that I didn't know. And now I feel like a more educated person. So the Mona Lisa was painted by Leonardo da Vinci. He started it around 1503 and supposedly he finished it by 1506. But many people believe that he probably worked on it throughout the next decade and maybe even worked on it as late as 1517. So there's really not like a definite end date for he was like my painting is done and it is widely regarded as the most famous painting of all time i mean i could see how that's true i would believe it it's like yeah i would believe it too the starry night is also yeah like there's several that are i just ever everyone knows everyone knows them them. yeah i don't know everybody also knows the painting of the dogs playing poker so (laughs) i mean that's true not everyone i guess could think the mona lisa is the most famous painting but many people would consider it that way but I, I guess you could argue that because i feel like that is an opinion you know like mm-hmm. i don't think there's a poll on what is the most famous painting in the world like i think it's I all there opinion. Is. well is. i didn't find that poll so if you can find it that's cool but i didn't <laughs> um, i'm gonna google the number one result on the 10 most famous paintings in the world mm-hmm. is the mona lisa okay well there you go. So I was yeah. right. Even um, on the top 100. Starry Night is number three. <gasps> What's number two? 
Yeah. Oh. Don't tell me it's the poker dogs. The Last Supper. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that actually. <laughs> Let me read you this actual description of the beginning of the article. We compared dozens of popular masterpieces from classics such as Mona Lisa, The Great Wave of Kanagawa, and to more modern works like Nighthawks and even Dogs Playing Poker. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. You know, they're just trying to be well-rounded and trying to touch every different type of, you know. Before we get started into it, I want to share seven fun facts about the Mona Lisa. This is actually my favorite part of the whole episode. So the Mona Lisa is actually painted on wood, not canvas, which is pretty common for that time. Canvas was available, but Da Vinci also did not paint a lot on canvas. Question. So it was it was popular for them to paint on wood. Did the article that you got this from say that it was like a thin piece of wood or was it just like a block? Um, and it was like plank. Uh, they described it as plank. It, it was thinner, but not driftwood. Not, yeah. Okay. Not like a big, like chunk of wood from a tree. Like there was a 2006 scan that revealed that the Mona Lisa did in fact have eyebrows um, and more vibrant colors in her clothing, but it has varnished over time to be the yellowish color that we recognize now. So she did have eyebrows. I think last week we said she didn't have eyebrows, but I don't remember now because a lot has happened in a week. I think we said that she didn't. Um, yeah, we were she, saying we were in that universe that believed that they didn't. She has her own room at the Louvre. The Mona Lisa is a really small painting. I think it was like 1.9 by 2.6 feet. Like it was, it's a really small painting, but she has her own room. Jackie Kennedy invited the Mona Lisa to visit DC and she did. She never actually gets to leave the Louvre, but they did let her leave um, to go visit DC. She receives fan mail. The Mona Lisa gets love letters, admirers. She gets flowers. And she even has her own mailbox at the Louvre because she gets so many fan letters. But not everyone likes the Mona Lisa. And she has had acid, rocks, spray paint, and coffee all thrown at her. She is now surrounded by a bulletproof glass. And it was installed after the acid and the rocks were thrown at her. And there is actually still damage that you can see from the acid and from the rocks. It's really small. And so you'd really have to look closely to find it. But they were able to um, salvage her so that she's okay. Uh, she belongs to the public and she cannot be bought or sold. So she will permanently and forever live in the Louvre in France. I thought that was interesting. So those were just some fun facts about the Mona Lisa. I think the most ridiculous one is that she is behind bulletproof glass. I know, right? Like, like the Pope. And the Declaration of Independence, right? Isn't it behind like bulletproof glass and all that? Yeah, Nicolas Cage has it. I know. That's not where I was do you going. think he okay. gave it back? Remember? <laughs> but do you think that was the real one? I bet he still has it. I bet he gave back a fake. I bet the real one is up and he's like, like it's hanging, you know, like at um, what's that place called? Hoon Online, how they have like the zebra on the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, Nicholas Cage has the... I miss uh, Hunan Lion. I know. Uh, I do too. He's got the Declaration of Independence above his bed on the ceiling, just so he can look at it every night. Not sponsored by Nicholas Cage, but that. if he wants to, I'm down. Or by Hunan Lion. Or by, oh, I bet they would sponsor us. Do you think they would really? Maybe. It seems like something they would do. They have a zebra on their ceiling, and it's sparkly. <laughs> that's, that's true. I would not be shocked by anything that they did. Anyway, okay. 
Mona Lisa. So we're going to talk about some of the different like theories behind her, some of the conspiracies, and some of these things are still kind of mysteries, but some have been, I don't know if you want to say debunked is really the right word, but so we're going to start with probably the most common one that I feel like most people have probably heard of, which is that the Mona Lisa is actually just a self-portrait of da Vinci. One of the largest mysteries behind the painting is who the identity of the woman actually is. Most people say that it's Lisa Gerardini. I'm really sorry if I butcher all of these Italian and French names. I'm going to try my best, but please correct me if any of y'all are listening and you know. I know. I'm sorry. Um, So Lisa... I think it was pronounced Lisa Tortellini. Okay. Well, Lisa Tortellini (laughs) um, was an Italian noblewoman whose husband supposedly commissioned this piece of her. So that's what most people think. But then there's a lot of people who are like, no, the Mona Lisa is just a self-portrait of da Vinci as a woman. And some people say that da Vinci, if you study him, you would know that he loved riddles and he loved puzzles. And so people are like, yeah, the portrait is just really a riddle. And it's a mystery and that da Vinci painted himself as a woman. And he has that like funny smirk because he's asking if anyone's ever actually going to be able to find out that it's him. So he's just playing us. That's what that's what people say. He's just playing us. It's important to note that many people claimed that da Vinci would occasionally dress in drag or as a woman. So that maybe it's really not so crazy to think that he just dressed as a woman and painted himself. I don't know. I guess if you dress in drag, then that could be a thing that you could do. I mean, yeah. I mean, paintings at that point were the were the selfies of the time. There's also, and I have a photo of this and it's in the notes, but many artists have actually used computer programs to find similarities between da Vinci from other self-portraits and the Mona Lisa. So in the notes, there is actually a picture that compares the Mona Lisa and then his like portrait, his face like half and half. Um, That's kind of interesting to look at. I could kind of see how it's similar. And then which is this is the most ridiculous part is that at one point there were actually plans to exhume his remains to properly investigate these claims and to see if I guess they could figure out if the Mona Lisa was da Vinci. I I don't even know if they know for sure where he's buried. I think they just assume he's buried in a specific place and they were going to try to find his body. And that's outrageous to me. I can't believe that they would do that. Like, come on. That's a just, bit much. Is it is a bit much? I agree. Moving on, <laughs> and then this I think this is my favorite theory is that the Mona Lisa is actually a portrait of his lover, Jean Giacomo Caprotti. Um, he was a good friend of da Vinci and he was his suspected lover. Um, he was also known as Soleil or Salai S A L A I, and he would often dress as a woman. So honestly, him sitting for a portrait as a woman was not really too far-fetched because he was known for doing that. And he would frequently sit for portraits for da Vinci anyway. And there's also another um, comparison picture that I have. And you can see the similarities between him dressed as a woman and the Mona Lisa. They are very similar. So I thought that was quite interesting. So Silvano Vincetti, who is the head of Italy's National Committee for Cultural Heritage, 
said that he found striking similarities when comparing infrared scans to the other works depicting Caproti. The other thing that was interesting about this is that da Vinci was never actually paid for this painting and it was never delivered to the intended client. And so people are like, well, maybe it's because it was a portrait of his lover and he wanted to keep it to look at it because it was his lover. I mean, to me, that is also not far-fetched. Not very. And why would he paint this for someone and not give it to them? Because it was his lover. There are also other copies of the Mona Lisa. So there's much debate as to whether he painted these or not. Because a lot of people say that he painted multiple copies for himself because it was his lover. And so he wanted to have his paintings all over, which... Again, I would think that's pretty normal because, I mean, Megan and I have like 10,000 pictures of us around the house. So I don't think it's very uncommon for people to have pictures of their loved ones. I agree. So I really actually hope that that one is the truth. I don't know if we'll ever know, but I hope that one is the truth because that's the most fun, I think. So our next theory is that the Mona Lisa is not actually the Mona Lisa. Gasp. So in 2013... The Swiss Mona Lisa Foundation claimed they actually had the original Mona Lisa. And it is known that there are multiple copies. They suggest that the painting on display in the Louvre is genuine and it is painted by da Vinci. However, the one that they have is actually the original Mona Lisa. And again, I have a picture down in the notes and it does depict the same woman in a very similar setting. And they claim that da Vinci actually copied this original and the copy is the one that's up in the Louvre. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Um, So this foundation commissioned an examination of, they called it the sacred geometry, comparing the Vitruvian man, which is another well-known da Vinci piece, and the Mona Lisa painting that they have. And they found that both paintings um, mastered the same geometrical principles, which suggests that they were both painted by the same artist. That artist, I guess, would be Da Vinci. Then they also did a carbon dating and pigmentation test, and it proves that the work was painted in the early 16th century at the latest. So if you remember at the beginning, I said that the Mona Lisa that we know was started in 1503. So they're saying that was when it was started at the latest, but they really think that their painting was painted before that. So I guess in the late 1400s. And the vice president of this foundation, his name is David Feldman. He does admit that the Louvre version of the Mona Lisa is much more advanced and it is far higher quality than their claimed original that they have. But if you look at it, the, then the Mona Lisa on the right is prettier. That is what they claim is the original. She is prettier. Wow. But I feel like the one on the left has more detail. But that's what he said. He agreed. He was like, it is much more advanced and it is much higher quality. If he was just painting based off of that one, then I could see how it could be better because that was his original. But I don't know. Right. You have to make up your mind on that yourself, I guess. No. You don't you don't know. You don't <laughs> think that that's the original. You think the one in the Louvre is the original? No, or, I'm saying no. I'm not going to make up my mind on my own. Oh, uh, OK. Yeah. That's fine. You don't have to. OK, so the next one has been again i don't want to say debunked but it, it is something um that was a theory but we have learned the truth now 
So the next theory is that Picasso helped to steal the Mona Lisa. Ooh, national treasure. Yes, but mm. Paris edition, but Picasso, I don't know. France Picasso, edition? no, he didn't. <laughs> and this one, again, you can make up your own mind on this, but in August, ni- no, uh, or not, Stop again, trying to make me work. Don't have to. I'm just going to present the facts to okay, you. Thanks. So, you know, so in August of 1911, the Mona Lisa was stolen from the Louvre in Paris. And on August 29th of 1911, there is this this guy. I don't know how to say his name. Maybe someone can help me. His name is Joseph. I think Jer- Jerry Pure. Pure. I don't know. It's P I E R E T. That's how I would say Close it. Enough. How would y'all say it? I would. I agree with that. Uh, uh, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds okay. good. But, you know, we're Americans and we butcher. Everybody's I did it. I took length. longest road. That sounded like the T Rex from um, Jurassic Park. He liked it. Okay. Does nobody have wood. No, I used it all. You know who has wood? The Mona Lisa. The Mona, I was Lisa. Painted on Mona wood. Lisa. Mona, Mona Lisa. Lisa has wood. Good luck getting to it since she's behind bulletproof glass. Apparently it's not even the real I mean, one. That anyway. didn't stop Nicolas Cage. Okay, but Nicolas Cage was not playing Catan. I mean, Aww. that's true. I don't know. Anyway, so we're just going to say Joseph because I know how to say Joseph. So um, Joseph and... August 29th, uh, August 29th of 1911, visited the Paris Journal and claimed that he had become an expert at stealing small artifacts from the Louvre. And he was able to pr- provide proof of his claims. And he was also able to supply them with incriminating evidence against the poet. His name is Apollinaire. And he was very famous at the time in the Mona Lisa case. Ooh. Yeah. Prior to this, several pieces, artifacts, had been sold to some very well-known men in Paris. So they had been stolen and sold. So the key suspects in the Mona Lisa case were now Joseph, who at the time was able to remain anonymous in the Paris Journal because he provided proof and he was able to point fingers to someone else. But the police were very like they could very quickly find out that it was actually Joseph who said this. So the key suspects were now Joseph and the poet Apollinaire. And I also found that Joseph was actually Apollinaire's secretary. So they worked very closely together. Um, I sense a scandal. Yes, this is very scandalous. Um. (laughs) So the police were very quick to be able to find that the identity was Joseph, and then they were able to link both of them to the case. So how did Picasso become involved? Well, Picasso at the time lived in Paris, and he was a very good friend of Apollinaire, and they were both part of a group called the Wild Men of Paris. The police actually suspected that they were part of an international ring of art thieves. Because I guess because Picasso is an artist, he must steal the art. I do not know. So Picasso had actually purchased some of the stolen works from Joseph in the past. And they had proof of that. And so, okay, so Apollinaire, the poet, he was arrested because Joseph was like, it was him. He did it. And so they quickly arrested him. And then shortly after he was arrested, he immediately turned around and said, no, it was Picasso that stole the art, not me. 
And so then they arrested Picasso and he was like, no, I don't even know him. Like, who is he? I don't even know him, mm-hmm. even though they were like BFFs. Right. Um, and so in their trial at court, he was like, I don't know you. And their stories didn't match. So obviously they didn't prepare this because they didn't match up their stories. Um, but they found later that both men ended up being innocent in this case. But Picasso was in possession of two of those stolen pieces from the Louvre. And they were both supplied by Joseph. So supposedly Joseph was stealing the stu- stuff and he was selling it. Um, and then when he started running low on money, he decided to steal the Mona Lisa and sell that one so he could, you know, live, I guess, because he was out of money. So this was the theory in the early 1900s. Now, I'm going to tell you what supposedly actually happened, and then you can make up your mind, unless you're like Ben and you don't want to, and you'll just say, no. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Maybe. Okay, maybe. That's better than no. I like that. So this is supposedly what actually happened. There's this guy. His name is Vincenzo Perugia, and he was a handyman at the Louvre, and he had been hired to create a glass case for several pieces of art, including the Mona Lisa. So my question is, where was the glass case and why did the acid get thrown on her if he was hired to make a glass case? Ooh. Hmm. Also, the acid wasn't thrown until like the 1970s. This was the early 1900s. So what happened? I don't know. Anyway, okay, that has nothing to do with this. So anyway, he... um. Decided to steal the Mona Lisa one night. And so he hid in a closet overnight and he literally just took the painting off the wall and hid it under his coat. Because I remember I said at the beginning, the painting was really small. Um, I was right. The dimensions are 2.6 by 1.9 feet. So it is a very small painting. So he was able to easily hide it underneath his coat. And he attempted to leave the Louvre. But unfortunately, the door was locked because, you know, it was nighttime. Um, But it just so happened at the exact same time, there was another handyman walking by and he was like, oh, the door's locked and I can't get out. And so the other handyman was like, "Okay, I'll unlock it for you. So this other guy just unlocked the door for him and he just walked out of the Louvre with the painting under his coat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, and it was actually 24 hours before anyone even noticed the painting was gone. Oh like, I think there was oh, a visitor, yeah. right? There was a visitor at the Louvre, I guess, um, who was like, where's the painting? Or it was maybe another employee there. And they were like, I don't know. It's just gone. So what ended up happening was it, the, the piece was missing for two years and it wasn't found again. <laughs> That's until, such a long time. Um, I know. They were just like, goodbye, Mona Lisa. Um, And it wasn't found again until 1913 when a Florentine art dealer received a letter from someone named Leonardo stating that he had the painting. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Okay. So there was a meeting set up between this dealer or Leonardo who had the painting, which who was actually Perugia, the handyman that stole it, and the director of an art gallery in Florence. 
at this point, so he set up this meeting with this guy and this art director in Italy. And he was like, I have this painting for you, for your museum or whatever, or your gallery. And at this point, the police were called and Prugio was arrested. But fun fact, he only spent seven months in jail for stealing the Mona Lisa. I guess they were like, whatever. Life in jail at this point. Right? You're done. I guess it wasn't as popular as it is now. I mean, it, it wasn't at the time. Like it didn't. It, it didn't really start gaining popularity, I guess, until after. But anyway, so he was he was arrested and he was in jail for seven months. And he claimed that he stole it to return it to its native Italy because it belonged there since Leonardo was, in fact, Italian. That's outrageous. And he actually had hid the painting in a trunk in his home for two years. It was just in this trunk, but it was completely undamaged and it was fine. But it was just hiding there for two years. And this guy's house of all places all right yeah so that is supposedly the true story but a lot of people are like i I don't know it seems like what it's over cj i I was gonna win in the next turn oh so well you didn't (gasps) but wait cj was the last one to place his pieces and he won so Uh the theory Uh continues and is still accurate Good job. You're Congrats. now level 19. You're still a counselor. I'm still a counselor. I also leveled up. <gasps> well, I leveled up. Congratulations. Do you get any rewards? Congrats. I don't know. No. Oh. It would tell you if you did. Uh, like mine right now says I've I've oh, I've no. earned a new game table. Continue, Katie. Yes. Um, so I was just I was just gonna say that supposedly um the stolen painting in the trunk for two years is the true story, but a lot of people are like no, we still think that Picasso and Apollinaire were involved in it. It's just being it was just being covered up. And that that's kind of where like the skepticism comes in. People are like, I don't know about that, because since they did have the other stolen pieces from the Louvre, it wasn't really too far of a stretch to think that maybe they were involved. Maybe they hired him or something. I don't know. But that's the ending of the Picasso theory. So before I move on to the last one, because there's only one left to talk about. Do y'all want to say the game stats and wrap that up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we rolled a total of 15 sevens. I'm guessing the game just didn't go as long as that one that we rolled like 20 something. Ben rolled five. I rolled three, which means CJ rolled seven. Yay. Yep. So we know CJ won with 14 points. Congrats, CJ. Woo. Ooh, you had a victory point card, didn't you? Yes, I sure did. And then it was me in second place with 13 points. I also had a victory point card and longest road. And then it was Ben with 10 points. We had a really close game this time around. Ben also had a victory point card. Wow. And that was the game. Good job, y'all. Ew. Hey, that was a short game. That was a short game. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's finish up this theory and then be done okay so the last theory that i have is that there are secret messages hidden in the mona lisa the painting itself so italy's national committee for cultural heritage it really is though like Mm -hmm. this is the last one that i would decide to do because i'm like this is actually national treasure like this is this is that and or this is like the da vinci code or whatever okay so the national committee for cultural heritage which was mentioned earlier when we were talking about his um secret lover they claim that there are hidden messages in her eyes and then in the background also in the setting when examining the painting closely they claim there are very tiny numbers and letters in the eyes 
And these are images that can only be seen by magnifying high resolution images. So you can't see these with the bare eye. Like you've got to really know. zoom I in. I have some good eyes. I'm going to look at what you sent in the chat. A screenshot of the Google Doc. <laughs> yes. Set. Yes. Good luck. Let's just paste it in. So, honestly, um, it's a joke. It looks like 3.14159. He so, knew so for some reason, I think that's pi. I think we found that number. Hmm. So, Silvano Vincetti, who is the head of this committee, claims that the letter S can be seen in her left eye and the letters LV are seen in her right eye. Then also recently he said the number 72 is under the arched bridge in the backdrop. Hmm. So okay. he claims that these symbols, I, don't see it. I mean, <laughs> are you using a magnifying glass? High resolution. Do you have it um, with you? I'm zooming in. <laughs> so yes. Okay. Um, so he claims that these symbols open up more <laughs> leads to identify who the figure in the portrait actually is and may help us to understand um, Da Vinci's interest and some of the more of the mysteries behind him. So previously, it was thought that only the letter L could be seen, mm -hmm. but the other symbols have recently been discovered. Ooh. So they say that the L stands for Leonardo. Hmm. Huh, I wonder why. Imagine mm. why. Imagine that. Creative. I know. Groundbreaking. That the S could stand for a woman that ruled Milan, the city of Milan at the time, who he spent much of his time with, but also couldn't Sarah the... Jessica Parker? Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, but couldn't the S also stand for his lover? Because so, it was Salai or Salai. Okay. Okay. You know what's, what's awesome is that I made that decision on my own. I didn't read that. That was just my thought. <laughs> So I was just like, hmm. conspiracy theory confirmed. Yeah, Katie's a lizard button. person confirmed. Oh my gosh! What if I was and I didn't know? I feel like we would know. Maybe that's why I'm an elementary school teacher. Well, I don't know why what that V is for. Apparently, I didn't find that. But the, the seventy two. Um, they say points to religion, and I think this one is a really big stretch. But that the seven has numerous meanings in, like, I guess important I, I don't know it says i have numerous meanings in both christianity and judaism so i guess seven is well i guess didn't like wasn't the world created in seven days and yeah. there's like sure was the we seven also think that seven is like a lucky number for some reason yeah even though it's like a bad number because crime and all that kind of stuff yeah. but yeah there's so. seven dwarves it's true Ooh. isn't that in genesis Ooh, but there's also <laughs> There's, isn't there like seven sins seven deadly sins yeah, yeah. Um, um one year for halloween my friends and i dressed up as a seven deadly sins guess what sin i was i was wrath uh, i thought that y'all would have been able to figure that out <laughs> anyway <laughs> i was wrath because of my red hair and because i'm always angry no Okay, so the seven has uh, numerous meanings in religion, and then that the two could stand for the duality of male and female. So I'm like, okay, but his lover, and the letter S, was his name, like starts his name. Mm -hmm. So this makes me believe that it's actually his lover in the picture, like all these little clues. Huh. Um, but maybe it's important to note. What's his name? Silvano Vincetti. Mm -hmm. That he did not 
actually examine the painting itself. He only examined high resolution pictures of it. So he didn't even look at the painting. He was just looking at the pictures. So these could have been artifacts that were added because they were pictures and not the actual painting. Correct. And other historians are saying that his findings are absolute bogus. So, oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's also fun. I mean, I feel like it's one of those things that you can like if you try hard enough, you can see something like it's like you can see the man in the moon like you can, you know, right. like if you want to see it, it's there. But um, experts agree that it is difficult to read clearly. Um, and so the question arises is <laughs> here. This is my favorite one. They ask. Do you think Da Vinci could foresee the development of magnification technology, which is why he secretly painted these letters and numbers in his painting? Yes, I do. Um, I think he could have. He was like, no one's going to. But how did he how did he paint it then? Like without this magnifying technology? Like, I don't understand. He was an alien. Have you not seen that episode of Futurama? No, I I don't watch Futurama. <laughs> anyway, I probably have. I don't remember, though. But again, other people are just like, no, we just see what we want to see. Like, obviously, he no, no. Um, Other people say that. Well, and this is known that Da Vinci would take the painting with him to various places of work and just like randomly, I guess, with him around town. Um, And people say that Why are you he so took the painting with, with him. You? Exactly. Um, <laughs> that he would take the painting with him everywhere because he was protecting a hidden message. Um, but I guess he <laughs> that he wrote or that he hid in the eyes of his lover. Um, and others say that obviously the person in the portrait was important to him. So he cherished it and he wanted it with him all the time. I guess like you could have like a locket with a picture of someone in it. He didn't have that. He just had this like painting he just carried <laughs> around with him walking around with a piece uh, of wood right and then other people <laughs> also say uh which we didn't really talk about that well we didn't talk about this one at all but that the portrait could resemble his um his mother and so some people say well it must have been his mother and that was the last picture he had of her and so he wanted to take it with him everywhere um i don't know about that one but yeah, i mean i, I guess maybe would believe more that it's the, the lover that's yeah. what I would think. And and I mean, it now it is common knowledge. I get well, it is more common knowledge to people who study this that Da Vinci was um gay, I guess, mm-hmm. and didn't have gay. Yeah. And that but also I I don't know, like this is not something new. Like being gay isn't something new. No, like it's, it's been, been around, around for a long time. The beginning of time. My husband. Oh, wait, I have to tell you one thing that I didn't write about, but I read it in this. Oh, if I can remember it correctly. Okay. And this was like really bizarre. And I read it on Reddit. So I was like, I'm not going to like write this down. Some people claim that the Mona Lisa is um, and Da Vinci are part of the transgender agenda. (laughs) That there is a secret transgender agenda um and that all of these like old like artists and people um and like kings and queens and like the whole like cross-dressing was really common like prior to today i guess and um 
people like royalty and noble people um, and artists and stuff. So some people are like, no, these transgender people and cross-dressing people have been around forever. And it's part of the transgender agenda. And they're trying to come out and get us all. (laughs) <laughs> ultimately is what I read on Reddit. And then I said, okay, I'm done because that's, that's fair. That would, and they, they, they connect transgenderism to Freemasonry and saying that Freemasons were part of the transgender agenda. And I don't know oh if I believe that one, but, but basically that the Mona Lisa is part of their agenda because it was his transgender lover. Okay. <laughs> sure. So, that one, I was like, okay, I'm done. But anyway, that's all I've got for y'all about the Mona Lisa. Huh. I thought it was interesting. I don't know. It is interesting. I mean, it it's just crazy. Like, I think the one that I find the most, like, okay, the one that I find ridicu- a bit more ridiculous is the um, magnification one. Because, like, why would it need to be magnified? Like, of course, he doesn't actually see it. Like, he couldn't have foreseen, like, someone being able to, like, use super high, like, magnification to get into the painting. But he could if he was a reptilian. I mean, I I guess. I told you he's an alien. Uh, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. I found that one to be the most, like... I think if I were to... Out of all this, I I would find, and there's all, I should have sent this picture to y'all too. I really think that it was a portrait of his lover. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really what I feel like all this points to. Yeah. Because they were also, it's also like a well-known fact that they were lovers. Like it's not, it's not like this is a surprise for people who know a lot about like art history and stuff. Like, I don't know a lot about it. I feel like I know a little bit more now about the Mona Lisa, but it's not something that I'm very like familiar with. But I feel like other people who are would be like, yeah, actually, I had a picture I wanted to send y'all. I'll just read it to you anyway. It says, hi, everyone. I'm still pissed that we were never taught that Da Vinci was gay as and that the idea the Western world has of Jesus, white, long, straight brown hair was based on one of his male lovers. Yes. Thanks, Katie, for that interesting topic about the Mona Lisa. If you want to hear more and want to stick around with us to chat another like 20, 30 ish minutes, maybe longer. I don't know. Um, It's Friday. We do have a Patreon. I mean, yeah, it is Friday. We can spend as long as we want. I guess there is technically no real things. I don't know. Gotta get down on Friday. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Did you know that the Mona Lisa is actually a portrait of Rebecca Black? You know what? I'm okay with that. Okay. That means that she's... She's sitting in the front seat, chilling in the back seat. That means that she's actually the alien and she hasn't aged at all if that she was sat for him in the 1500s. Or time travel. I need mm. her wrinkle cream. Right? Jeez. Or she was a time traveler. <gasps> True. Oh my gosh. What if she was the time traveler that went back and changed the Bernstein Bears? <laughs> Gasp. I think it I think it was Rebecca Black. And then she had to make that song Friday to distract us from her nonsense cuz she was like to throw us from her trail. Yes, or exactly. The song we had secret you. messages looped into it and we just you know you have oh to play goodness. it and slow motion and reverse and like all these other 
<laughs> you have to like. I'm writing up my own conspiracy theory about yeah. Rebecca Black. Do it and then make it a Wikipedia page, and we're done. And then we can do an episode about it. And we'll just we'll talk about yeah. it. We can start yeah. a subreddit, and people will be like really into this. <laughs> I mean, they will be. It's true. I wonder how far we could go with this. <laughs> the limit does not exist. I mean, do you think far enough that we could get her to be? Um, a guest on our podcast um maybe i mean i was really disappointed that avril lavigne wouldn't didn't ever respond to the tweets but, okay you know. i'm still upset that fiona broom did not respond to my tweet they're all so. very busy women <laughs> okay but but this is important yeah i i'm upset like i was really hoping that fiona would um tweet me back and that i could start a friendship with her over twitter but it didn't happen uh, because she was too busy writing her paranormal books to listen to me be excited about her book about Austin. So whatever. So if you want to hear the after show and what CJ has to say and what Katie had to say earlier, go become a patron at patreon.com slash Catantpod. And if you become at least a settler, you get access to the after show. If you become at least a knight, you'll get access to the live stream where you get to watch us be silly and live and hear this audio completely unedited as it comes out of our mouths. Sorry about that. That's great. There is nothing to be sorry for. I'm so a little again, sorry. that's patreon.com slash Catantpod and become at least a settler to get access to our after show. Thank you so much for everyone who's supporting us so far. We really appreciate you guys. I'm really excited about the after show today specifically. So I think it's really important that if you're listening, you you need to listen to this after show because the story I'm going to tell you is just going to absolutely oh, like okay. make your day. So I'm going to talk about Nikki tutorials in the after show. So Ooh. all right. So everyone, thanks for listening so far. Make sure to like heart star favorite and leave us a review wherever you can. Don't forget, you can also watch the game we just played on our YouTube page, Settlers of Tant Even. Now, let's go around the virtual table and talk about where you can find us. Katie, where can we find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at Katie11318. And Benjamin? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at bfelts91 on my <laughs> website, benjaminfelts.com, or you can find me sitting around a card table with four very confused strays that I picked up off the street. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben is super duper talented and made our music for the podcast. And CJ, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Clevenger CJ. And finally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Megan Wilson underscore. It's linked in the show notes as with everyone else's social medias. Jasmine's is also listed there. Thanks again. And we will be back soon with more Catan and conversation. Bye. 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 Arrivederci. Arrivederci.